We are back, we are back, and if it is Tuesday, it is time once again for another episode of Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone right here on TDN Radio. So welcome, welcome to the program. I hope that you're having a wonderful Tuesday evening, and this is Untapped Potential for today, Tuesday, September 28th. So if you're looking at the calendar, of course, you know this is the last week of September, so we always remind uh, ourselves that when we come over for Untapped Potential, that is a, it is a reminder that we have important life goals to work on, and this is our opportunity to take a pause, to try to wrap our minds around where we are in the process of this important goal that we're working on, and to get energized, to get powered up for the week so that we're able to attend to that personal goal as well as all your other responsibilities. So again, a pleasant good evening to you, whether you're joining us in Dominica, regionally or internationally. This is Untapped Potential on TDN Radio. If you're celebrating a birthday this week, I wish you a happy, happy birthday. If you're celebrating an anniversary or if you're just simply celebrating life, you know, we have to be so grateful for life for another week, for the opportunity to come together right here on TDN Radio for another power-up session uh, together. So, of course, we have a great program for you this evening. We have our featured guest, who will be Mrs. Lorraine Del Sol out in Canada. So Lorraine is Dominican by birth. She was born in Grand Bay, Dominica, but she spent quite a bit of her life in Canada. And despite her successes, her, her tremendous success in the fashion industry in Canada, she has always held firm to her Dominican heritage and just being able to create our national outfits. So I'm looking forward to sharing this interview with you that we did with Lorraine Del Sol a little while back via our Facebook Live platform. So again, she will be joining us in just a couple of minutes to tell us about her journey from Dominica to Canada and worldwide, as a matter of fact, because through fashion, she was able to go beyond Canada. And just a reminder that we'll be playing the first half of the interview with Lorraine, because as you know, we have some time constraints on this program. Which reminds me, you know, I should probably just ask our manager, Sam George, <laughs> for some extra time on the program to extend the program 
so I can bring you the entire interview because, you know, uh, just having half an hour is not enough to do a full interview with anyone. So again, you will hear the first half an hour of Lorraine's interview. And as I always do, I will go ahead and post the entire interview on Push Past 10. So for example, you'll be able to see all the great fashion that Lorraine creates. So again, welcome to the program as we get started up. You know, it's never too early to celebrate our culture. Many of you would know that October leads up to independence in Dominica. And I've already mentioned that October is my favorite month for, for several reasons. But for one of the major reasons is all the great celebrations of independence that we observe during October in anticipation of our November 3rd Dominica Independence Day. So let us enjoy this one from Halibut, a power a ball parable in English as we invite Mrs. Lorraine Del Sol to the program. And don't forget to stay until the end of the program to continue to learn all the wonderful ways that we are continuing to grow our international Dominican community. So you certainly do not want to miss this information and you certainly want to hear about our featured videos for the week. So again, enjoy this number from Halibut as we get ready to invite Mrs. Lorraine Oh yeah, Sapriye peki go, ansevis kabamaldo. Si upanidian supezo, suipiti meka kaigo. Saúde, se saúde, topo é se parte juve, canawi de chode é bom da inué, samuel do vame saúde, oh yeah, pau a boni bom conselho, muito creio para prosseguir, pau a lacreio e com a soleil, wasenizo é, mamã pode ter. Cinema com e cinema quer, mem bet mem quer, mete si o puxe bem mel, porque se para todos os juquinhos, hell, bush fans é por manjer. La paix est barbeuse quand je m'aime Si l'on manière va l'avanter Même façon bon d'un pour pencher Oh yeah Pas à bon ni bon conseil Moune créon pas prendre sommeil Pas à la clé et quand la soleil Oisez ni zoway Maman protégé
Power Polly Poker said Moon Cray up a brassome Power La Cray we call a soleil Was in his away Mama for today Power Polly Poker say Moon Cray up a brassome Power La Cray we call a soleil Was in his away Mama for today 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 Untapped Potential is brought to you through the kind compliments of Badui Financial Services. How many times have you said that this is the year that you will finally pay off your credit cards, get out of debt, and build financial security for your family? With the challenges of COVID-19 and with 2022 right around the corner, this is a great time to get your finances in order. Give Badui Financial Services a call at 434-535-6099. That number again, 434-535-6099. Proven solutions to get you out of debt and finally on track to build in financial security. But do we financial services 434-535-6099. Well, I was born in Grand Bay, Dominica. And it's funny that I was born in Grand Bay because neither of my parents are from Grand Bay. My father is from Soufrier and my mother is from Laplane. But she being a school teacher, these days they used to transfer you anywhere. So she was stationed in Grand Bay and my dad was stationed in Roseau. So they thought that, you know, well, it would be better if um, they built the house in Grand Bay. So that's how I came to be from Grand Bay. And I love it. <laughs> Right, right. So tell us what growing up was like for you. Um, very protected. My father was extremely strict being a policeman and later on a fireman. He was um, very disciplined. And I guess that's where I got my discipline from. I'm a very mm -hmm. disciplined person. And um, yeah, we've, we had a very strict upbringing. And, yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. And it made you the and disciplined guess, person you are today. Yeah, that prepared me for today, really, because right. um, you know, being in business for yourself, you have to have discipline. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so just kind of take us back to where it all began for you, where your passion for fashion started, uh, when you first became interested in passion, and just kind of how you initially pursued your fashion uh, passion that kind of rhymes right fashion passion yeah well my mother um did um dressmaking on the side as a side job because she was a school teacher so i was always next to her and i helped her i turned i did hems i did everything i just helped i was always with her so um and I think the first time I made a dress for myself, I had a, um, I had to go to a school dance. 
And she did not make it for me and I made it for myself. And then she was surprised and she says, well, I don't have to sew for you anymore. Oh. And, and, um, and all through high school, I used to sew for my friends and, um, and for clients who were not school, you know, who were not school students, who were not students, they were just adults, you know, what got around. So I was very busy during my high school years making dresses for school dances. I had my friends wow. who would show up. Who, they would come in on a Friday afternoon after school with their fabric and actually wait for the dress to go to the dance. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you so that this was while you were in Dominica, right? Yeah, this was while I was in in, in high school, really. I did wow. I did a lot of um I did a lot of sewing. Yeah, and so you... when I came up here, I continued. But what got me interested in the um, where the name House of Lorraine came from, my mom was studying in England at some point, and then she went to um, Paris for a, for a weekend, and she saw a, a book. It, it was um, labeled House of Lorraine. That was the title of the book. So she just bought the book. She didn't. She had no idea what the book was about. Mm-hmm. It was a French book, right? And it and it so happened that the book was about a fashion house. Mm-hmm. And your name so is Lorraine, I, so she thought that was yeah, interesting. At that point, I says, "When I have my business, that's what it's going to be called." Right? Do you still have that book? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, I should have kept it. It. <laughs> probably, it probably got destroyed by Hurricane David because I oh. was I left in home and I was here at the time. Right, yeah. right. So just kind of tell us about what the transition was like for you going from Dominica to Canada. Any challenges you faced, uh, how you were able to start in Canada? It wasn't that hard at all, Good. except that I started working in an office, but I knew that's not where I wanted to wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So I started looking at the, the garment factories, mm-hmm. but then I had no idea how the garment factories operated. I right. just knew I wanted to work in that industry. Mm-hmm. And when I um, I went and I, I said, I wanted, you know, I went and I lo- I'm looking for a job. I want to sew. And then I remember the first factory I went in, the, the guy looked at me up and down. He says, you don't belong on the machines. Oh, okay. Was that a compliment? Yeah, because okay. in the factories they were really like peace workers. Okay. Okay. Just like just zoom, right, zoom, right, zoom. right. It wasn't really. It wasn't. Um. It wasn't Design an art. or anything. It was, it was just learning to um how to um use the sewing machines. That was all. Right. So he offered me a job as an invoice clerk in the office, which I took. But wow. then while I was there, I saw how the how it how the the, the factories operated. So mm-hmm. I learned a lot by just observing what went on. So so let me get this right. So you just went into the factory, there was no and posting I, of a job or anything. No, you just no, went no, in no, and no, said, no, no. I, I want a job. Yeah. That's a leap yeah. of faith. Yeah. And yeah. then um, so later on I you know, started getting more accustomed to the lifestyle here. And I um, I remember also working at a store, not at a store, at a um, Canadian Tire. I worked in the office in the Tire Guarantee Department at one time. 
And I was very close to a finishing school. And I saw all the girls at lunchtime. They were so polished and everything, you know. So I, I and you know, I liked modeling and all that. So right. I, um, I again, I walked to, into the school and then I, I decided that I wanted to do um, a course there. So I studied fashion merchandising. Mm, so that's where you got your formal education. Right. So that covered fashion, a bit of fashion design, fashion history, modeling. As a matter of fact, I was I got the model of the year award when I graduated. Mm -hmm. Although I really modeling wasn't something I was looking at. Mm -hmm. So after I graduated again, I went back to the to the to the manufacturer, but this time as a model. Mm. Not so you went back to the same job. Not not the same manufacturer, a different one, because they were all located in the same area. Right. Yeah. So I got a job as a model in a dress factory. Mm. And again, um, that was interesting for me too, because again, I could observe everything that was going on. Mm -hmm. You know, the process from the from the cut from the design to the cutting table to the finish. I, I observed the whole process. Right. And and strangely enough, while I was um working um there, I you know, I used to just wear my own things. I, I made my own clothes to go to work. So the uh, my boss would, you know, when I would walk in, he would say, Oh, I like that jacket, and then I tell him, Well, I made it myself, you know. Mm -hmm. And they would borrow, borrow things that I made and have their designer, and have their designer copy it. Oh my. Yeah. And at the time I was just, I was just feeling proud that they, they liked what I did, but not mm -hmm. getting anything really out of it. Yeah. Cause, you know? cause, Cause you pretty much were their designer. Yeah, and then That's I was, was very young. I didn't know anything about exactly. oh, no one cleaning for my design, you know, nothing right. like that. So. Mm -hmm. But right. I did. Um, I so did how, learn a lot. How long mm -hmm. did you stay with them? Oh, I don't know. Maybe a couple of years, a year or okay. two, and okay. then another um, another agent saw me on the road one day that agent mm -hmm. who had a ram they were not a factory but they they carried different lines of clothing from italy and israel just a lot of clothes clothes that they sold to um different stores mm -hmm. they were an agent they were a, a, a um garment agent so so that is that is actually the dream of most models to be walking down the road and be discovered right so and that happened to you this lady just stopped me and asked me if I could come and work for her. I guess she just liked how I looked. She just asked me right. if I could come and work for her. Mm -hmm. And I switched from, from where I was to them. You Absolutely. Know? And what was that journey like? That was modeling. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of other models. But then they asked me, would you mind staying on with us full time? Mm. Which Good for I you. did. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad I did because... Um, they uh, they had such confidence in me mm -hmm. that um, when they would go on vacation, that I would take over. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I'd run the business while they were gone. On mm -hmm. up till the time they hired me, they um, they closed the business for two two weeks every year. 
Mm-hmm. But then when I started working with them, they didn't close. They trusted you that much. They trusted me that much. And I recall, so, so I was basically doing everything, not just modeling, but office duties, accounting, making invoices, all kinds of things, everything I did. Mm-hmm. Because the only model during the certain seasons. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds um, like it sounds like in addition to being a model, you mm-hmm. saw an opportunity to learn the business. Right. So, right. so was that intentional? You intentionally wanted to learn the business because you had your own goals in mind? I had my own goals to open the business, but just being with them prepared me even more. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I told myself, well, if I could run a business for them, I could run a business for myself. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and tell us about that leap of faith of starting your own business. Mm-hmm. So um, when I quit them to start working on my own, a lot of my friends told me, boy, you, you're taking a chance. You're going to, you're mm-hmm. going to quit, quit a job and start, start working for yourself, working on your own a business but that was that was the goal I had in mind mm-hmm. to have my own business and I just never looked back I had friends who I studied with at modeling school and they said okay we'll 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 go to business together and when the time came they said mm, they kind of backed away oh my gosh are you serious yeah uh, so I did it on my own. And in those days, you couldn't go to the bank and get a loan. There's no way you, a young girl would get a loan to open a business. That was unheard of. So I used my own savings to start up. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. Now, were there any challenges that came with uh, the initial start of the business? A lot of hard work. Yes. Because... To open the boutique, I had to prepare a collection. Mm-hmm. So I had to do all that work by myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and there were nights when I slept on my cutting table because it was too late to um <laughs> to get a bus. Right. You right. Know. Yeah, but it's the sacrifices you make for business, right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. after after the opening, the I had a big store opening. By the way, I had a, a lot of model friends, so we put on a big fashion show, and the and the models were on the sidewalk stopping traffic. Mm. And, and then at the end of the day, I sat down and I put my foot on the desk, and I felt felt so good. <laughs> good for you. good for you. Now, what what year was this? That was in nineteen seventy six. Oh, wow. Absolutely. And that was the height of fashion as well. There was a lot going on in fashion at that time. There was a lot going on. And mm-hmm. the, the good thing about when I started, the um, the fashion stores were the really, really, really high-end stores. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were really high-end stores. Mm-hmm. So um, I um, it was good for me then. Because I had a lot of clients, my clients were young um, career girls, you know, in the downtown area. Right. And did that just kind of kick off the entire trajectory of your business? What was the result of that fashion show? It it was, um, the thing is, you, um, 
you did something for one person who worked in a certain office. Like I can remember when the Air Canada office was on Bloor Street, I had a lot of um, clients, young clients from the Air Canada office. I had a lot of clients who worked at the CN Tower. I had a lot of clients from Mount Sinai Hospital. Once the word just got around, it was just like word of mouth. Yeah. And it got to the point where then I had to start hiring people to do my stitching for me. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So so at the highest, how many employees would you say you had? Um, who worked with me, I had mm -hmm. two. Mm -hmm. But then I outsourced the, the, the stitching to be done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you had um, you took them to the um, various ladies to just to do the stitching for you. Right. So, so it, sounds like you've had a, it sounds like yeah. you've had a, a pretty interesting journey in the fashion industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was and doing the fashion shows. That was another highlight of my um, career. Of my career is doing a lot of major fashion shows. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I but with all it. of this, with all of this, you sort of never lost your identity as being Dominican. So I, because I oh, know you've no. done a lot with Dominica. But before we talk about that, let me just uh, remind everyone, uh, we're here with Miss Lauren Del Sol out of Canada, Dominican by birth, and she's an international fashion designer, and we're just kicking off summer 2021. So thank you everyone who's sharing the live, who's on the live with us. We have Reese Joss, and he says, hi, Miss Lorraine. We have Del Perro. Hello, everyone. Riz also says, observation is our primary teacher. Let's see who else we have. We have Tina. Hi, Lorraine, fashion designer. Annette Philip is watching. Masha Badman Alexander. Hello, Lorraine. So lots of hello coming in um, for you. Okay. Marvin yeah. Charles, nice to see you. Uh, Winnie Francis. Hi, Lorraine, Hello, Judy, Hi, Leslie, Ronnie, and I are watching. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so we have quite a few people on the line. So to just tell us in terms of how you kept Dominica as part of your whole design aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Well, that that is the cultural part of it. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Again, I didn't. I never learned to do a warp while my mother was alive. Mm -hmm. But after she passed, I took one of the the warps that she um she made for one of the um winners, the traditional um Creole queens, Madame Wabduet. It was somebody. It was a Miss. Oh, Miss Wabduet. Uh huh. The Miss. Actually, it was Ali Matthews. It was her walk I borrowed that my mother made. Right. And I I looked at it, I measured the, you know, the panels, side panel, middle panel, this panel, and I often know I still have it on my on my board. Wow. So that that was my guideline. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, you 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 add your own flair to it. Mm -hmm. You know, you cannot make everything exactly the same. Right. So are you still making what do it if someone, someone oh, wants to do an order? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. I always have. Actually, I have a couple down there. One is for somebody in New York. Mm -hmm. And the other one is for somebody in Toronto. It's just that they, you know, because of COVID, they have not picked it up. Right. I can imagine. But, I, I, I have shipped wobs to the Virgin Islands. Mm. 
Interesting. So we're going to have to share some information on how to get in touch with you. Now, how does that work if you're not in Canada? Does someone just send you their measurements? I just ask for certain measurements. I tell them what I want them, and what I want them to measure. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I, I take it from there and I share you know, it. It's, it's just a new day. Mm -hmm. It's a new day with technology and e-commerce, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. But what I want to do now, I want to share some of your career highlights to just mm -hmm. give the audience a sense of um, you as a designer. So let's see. Uh, in 1976, House of Lorraine, uh, you started a designer boutique. Uh, you mentioned mm -hmm. you studied fashion and uh, merchandising. You were the first West Indian designer in Toronto to launch a major fashion show, which she produced, directed, and choreographed. And you were featured regularly in a number of publications. And you introduced the plastic see-through pants on the, the Toronto fashion scene. Tell us about this plastic see-through pants. What was the inspiration for that? <laughs> Exactly what it is. Can you see everything? You saw everything. You just wore a little bikini under it. What was the inspiration for that? Well, it was the disco days. Uh huh. And it took Canada by storm. I didn't wear one, but the models I made people wear them. And that is that is very unique and intriguing. So let's see what else. Let's see what else we have. Uh, the plastic see-through pants coordinated the Toronto Miss Caravana pageant during the 80s. Only Canadian designer to be featured in the Ebony Fashion Show, not only once, but twice. And let's yeah. see, in 2005, Lorraine, Lorraine was responsible for putting a Canadian soccer team together. Mm -hmm. Ever international soccer tournament and educational exchange camp held in Dominica. Kind of tell us about that. How did that come about? Well, that's because of my husband being a soccer. He was a soccer coach at the time. Right. And um, my son also played soccer. And I think, um, what's his name? Clinton, Dr. Clinton Schillingford. He was the mm -hmm. president of um, DAS at the time. Right. And he was the one, they were the ones that wanted to put the um, the tournament together. Mm -hmm. So they approached Lennox and myself. Mm -hmm. So Lennox, Lennox is the coach, or he was the coach, but I was the one who actually put the team together. Mm -hmm. And we were, we were looking for kids of Dominican descent, but we had, we just couldn't get them interested. Wow. So I, we couldn't. So what I did, mm. I printed a flyer and I went to one of my son's soccer game and I started distributing the flyer. Mm -hmm. And everybody, you know, all of the kids were getting interested. We had, when we put that team together, we had a Trinidadian, we had a Jamaican, we had one from El Salvador, we had one nice. from Iraq, we had one from Scotland, we had, we just had it was supposed to be a team of Dominican kids, but my son was the only Dominican kid on that, on, wow. that, on that team. But, we, but I managed to put a team together. Uh -huh. How long was the camp in Dominica? Um, two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks, Well, yeah. and it's, ex, it's, it's, it's expo.
Posha for Dominica because oh, chances yeah, are yeah, if you yeah. had only brought Dominica, their parents already know Dominica, but now these other families might be interested in coming to and Dominica. There was one Trinidadian kid, well, of, of Trinidadian parents, and he had never been to Trinidad. And for some <laughs> reason, we were diverted to Trinidad on our way back to Toronto, so he got mm -hmm. to meet his family. And wow. he was so grateful. Yeah. yeah. Very he had, nice. He got to meet his grandparents. He had never been to Trinidad. Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, you're like so many of us, you know, we live Dominica, but we never truly live. Our hearts and our minds are always still with what can we do yeah. for Dominica. Yeah. yeah. So, so what I, I um, sponsor the Miss Warp in Dominica. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what they're doing this year, but I've bought them the past few years, like all the trophies for all the, um, the winners. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Any word on what's going on this year? I think I what's going know. on this year, you know, I think I've seen a, a flyer to rec recruit young ladies. Oh, you okay, may want to check okay. with the cultural division. Yeah. Well, I'm in yeah. touch with them. I'm in mm -hmm. touch with them. So I, I thought I saw a flyer to to recruit young women for the for the uh, either Miss. I think it's Miss Wabduiet. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I hope hopefully it can go on. Yeah, I sponsor the um, the team at the door as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, so let me go back to the highlights because it's included in there as well. Everything that you sponsored, so coordinated the Miss Toronto Caribana. We talked about that uh, first mm -hmm. ever international. Uh, let's so, see, uh, let me scroll down so I can see what else we have. She also coordinates workshops whenever she's vacationing in her homeland of Dominica. So tell us what are those workshops usually about that you do um, in Dominica? Well, the last one I did was with the young younger kids, um, mm -hmm. I think around age, what, age 12, 12, 13, young girls. I was teaching them how to dress dolls. That's nice. In so a, you're teaching them a, how to sew or just yes. dress? Dress the dolls, well, to teach them how to cut and how to put the things together. Right, yeah. right. And, and, you know, what are your observations on um, the whole seamstress industry in Dominica? Because when we grew up, that is how we got our clothing. We pretty much, you had your clothes made by mm -hmm. a seamstress. There was pretty much no buying ready-made clothes. Who could afford it? Exactly. So many times, you know, and the funny thing about it is, I don't know if anybody else had this experience who's joining us um, this evening, but we had the experience where it was me and two other cousins, uh, girl cousins, and it was one material, three dresses. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what were your observations when you go to Dominica? I mean, is it a thriving industry down there? No, not really, because wow. when I'm down there, I get busy. Everybody wants me to do something for them because even in Grand Bay, you have like mm -hmm. maybe one or two. And, you know, a lot of people say they're not happy with what they're getting. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I, I get busy, although I don't go down for that purpose. But mm -hmm. as soon as I get down, I find myself having so much to do. And even when I come back, sometimes I can't handle everything. I have to bring it back with me. Mm -hmm. to do for them. Yeah. And that is, un that is unfortunate because that was a thriving industry. And not mm -hmm. just that, there was so much pride 
in being a seamstress and being able to clothe people and see them walk down the street uh, wearing your clothes and someone would ask, oh, who made your clothes? The last person who made clothing for me in Dominica is Mrs. Leta, Esmond Leta's wife, June Leta. Oh, okay. yes. so yeah. she was the last person who made me clothes. And I loved it. I still have a couple of them to this day. Because it, it takes so much pride when somebody takes the time to measure you and create something that is just uniquely yeah. yours. Yeah. Yeah, so, so maybe you should try doing some Zoom classes. Well, not only that, um, I don't know. I think it's good morning. <laughs> hands on, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. Hands on. Yeah. But I think for um, right now, Ed Regis, the, the power rep at Granby, mm -hmm. he's trying to change that. And they're putting, um, that's one of the things I have to do to teach some um, ladies when I go down there the next time. Mm -hmm. quite a few of them want to learn to do the warm yes very important yeah, yeah. very so, important yeah, because like yeah, you were telling important. me it's not it's not just a big dress there's actually no, details yeah. to keep in mind it's not and what a lot of what i see is not really um it's not really made right wow wow yeah. wow wow so you know hopefully that's not a skill that we're we're losing because yeah. it's so important to, to pass on those skills of what our ancestors wore. You may, you know, maybe when they had a couple of hours off and they wanted to dress in something that made them feel proud and dignified. Mm -hmm. It's important. It's very important. Yeah. Yeah, it's important. You know, and we have the comments are still coming in on the Facebook Live. So we want to thank everyone who is joining us for this very intriguing conversation as we take a walk down memory lane with, uh, is it Miss or Mrs.? Mrs. Uh, thank you. I should have asked you in the beginning. My apologies. What I think I always I always write Miss. Okay, Mrs. Lorraine Del Sol out of Canada, uh, from of Dominican origin, and she's a fashion designer. So let's see. Marva Charles says, I need a warp duet. So we okay. have to make sure she gets your contact information. Yeah. yeah, Peter Dover. Hello. Hi Peter. Nice to see you. Uh oh, Judy, hi, Peter. Judy Joseph, wow. Annette Philip, nice. Riz, very interesting. I have been reading on creating a tech pack. Can you make me one, please? What is a tech pack? Or, or Ted, Ted Cassé. Oh, Ted Cassé, maybe. Yeah. Do you do yeah. the Ted Cassé as well? Yeah, I do that. I do that Good as well. You. Good yeah. for you. We need your skills, Lorraine. We really do. You know, because yeah. I just, I'm just sitting here remembering when I was a little girl, I had a teacher, Mrs. Wilson in St. Martin's School. And for mm. Independence, we would all line up and sit in front of her, maybe a Friday afternoon, and she would make our That's Ted Cassis. Yeah. yeah. And that is such wonderful memories of growing up in Dominica. Mm. You know, so those are skills we absolutely need to preserve. Let's see. Annette says, wow, awesome. I don't know you, Lauren, but you look great. Thanks. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Tina Simone, like Lauren, adding her own flair to the warb. So too, one as their own flair to the cooking. Oh, Lord, we had a program last night, as we discussed yesterday. Hence, one creates their own signature. That's a good question. Do you have a signature style? For the warb? In general. I think when um, you look at the warp, you know it's mine. Mm. There's, there's something about it that you know it's mine. Yes, the intricate details, most likely. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm going to pull up your website in a little while so we can take a look at some of your um, creations as well. But I just want to thank you for being here with us. So let me check out a couple more of your highlights uh, in your bio. Lorraine is the founder of MWDC Inc., Madam Wobbyweird yes, Canada. Madam tell, us, tell us about that. As a matter of fact, on that website, you could see a lot of wobs. Mm -hmm. It's just, um, Madame Wob is another way to preserve our culture. Mm -hmm. And not just with the adults, but I've introduced the little ones who seven mm -hmm. years and up. So every year we do it. We also do a tea, Madame. Mm -hmm. And that has been quite a hit. I can imagine the little ones in their dresses. The little one, third generation, Dominique, wow. you know, yeah. Third generation. Get, get them involved. And as they get older, I get them to, um, like the last shows I had previous team madams who are now mm. maybe like 13, 14, to host the show. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that is amazing what you're doing because, I mean, we're talking third generation. Yeah. So I, I, I want to keep them. I want to keep them involved. Yeah, absolutely. So so, yeah. so what did COVID impact your ability? I'm, I'm guessing you didn't have it last year. Yes, we didn't have the show. But what we right. did with the adults, we had a warp challenge where I got the ladies to just um, get dressed, up. put on the music. Mm -hmm. Right, and nice. send, send me the tip, and we have them all posted on the Madame Wobduet website. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Now, just tell mm -hmm. us about the impact of COVID in general on your on your business. Actually, it I should it hasn't really had impact. No, no, me, you except, can be honest. You can be honest. Except not going out, not going right. to party. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I've had I have so much work to do that it just gave me time to catch up. Right. Right. Yeah. And I've, I've heard a lot of that for many people that they had mm -hmm. so many things to catch up that mm -hmm. being unable to go out was mm -hmm. a great opportunity to just yeah. catch up or just to reinvent um, their, their business, reinvent something in their lives. So it's great to hear that you were able to see you it as an opportunity. To Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. If you live in Canada, the U.S. and the U.K. and are looking for Dominica products including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on BuyDominicaOnline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on BuyDominicaOnline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to BuyDominicaOnline.com and enjoy home away from home. Been listening to a Facebook Live interview I recently had with Mrs. Lorraine Del Sol, Dominican by birth, living out there in Canada, as she explained to us her journey from Dominica to becoming a, a fashion designer in Canada. So, again, don't forget for the rest of the interview, including being able to see the incredible work that Lorraine does in creating our national outfits as well as creating even evening gowns and other outfits you want to head on over to pushpast10.com, P-U-S-H-P-A-S-T, the number 10.com to
to see the entire video. So you heard the first half of the interview, but for the entire video, you can head on over to Push Past 10. So as we continue along, we always have our tip for the week. And this week, you know, if everything that we're hearing in terms of COVID-19 and a lot of folks not wanting to take the vaccine because they simply do not trust a lot of the process, whereas they don't trust how quickly it was created. They don't trust, you know, whatever might be in the vaccine. I personally, I've taken the vaccine. So I'm just going to be upfront about this. I trust the science. I trust the medical professionals who tell us that the vaccines are safe and effective. So me and my entire family have already taken the vaccine. But I think it begs the question that a number of people are not willing to take the vaccine because there's a lack of trust. So for our tip of the week this week, I thought I would bring you uh, some information. And this is from a very highly recognized uh, motivational speaker by the name of Brene Brown. So that is B-R-E-N-E Brown, B-R-O-W-N. And she's easily found on YouTube uh, if you're looking for motivation, inspiration, and just an opportunity to listen to some uplifting information. You certainly want to check out Brene Brown on YouTube or simply Google her name to be able to find her website. So this particular piece of information is entitled The Anatomy of Trust. So The Anatomy of Trust, where she tells us uh, how we, we learn to trust other uh, people, as well as reasons why we may distrust other people. So again, I thought this was very significant given the COVID-19 world that we listen, that we live in. So given the COVID-19 world that we live in, I thought it was important to share this information with you. So take a listen and then stay tuned for the end of the program when we come back and wrap it up for another Tuesday of Untapped Potential right here on TDN Radio. What is trust? What do we talk about when we talk about trust? Trust is a big word, right? To hear I trust you or I don't trust you, I don't even know what that means. So I wanted to know what is the anatomy of trust? What does that mean? So I started looking in the research and I found a definition from Charles Feltman that I think is the most beautiful definition I've ever heard. And it's simply this, trust is choosing to make something important to you vulnerable to the actions of someone else. Choosing to make something important to you vulnerable to the actions of someone else. Feltman says that distrust is what I have shared with you that is important to me is not safe with you. So I thought that's true. And Feltman really calls for this, let's understand what trust is. So we went back into all the data to find out, can I figure out what trust is? Do I know what trust is from the data? And I think I do know what trust is. And I put together an acronym, BRAVING, B-R-A-V-I-N-G, BRAVING. Because when we trust, we are braving connection with someone. So what are the parts of trust? B, boundaries. I trust you. If you are clear about your boundaries, 
and you hold them, and you're clear about my boundaries, and you respect them. There is no trust without boundaries. R, reliability. I can only trust you if you do what you say you're going to do, and not once. Reliability, let me tell you what reliability is in research terms. We're always looking for things that are valid and reliable. Any researchers here or research kind of geeks? There's 10 of us. Um, okay, so we would say a scale that you weigh yourself on is valid if you get on it and it's an accurate weight. 120. Um, okay. So that would be a very valid scale. I would pay a lot of money for that scale. Um, so that is a, that's actually not a valid scale, but we'll pretend for the sake of this. Um, that's a valid scale. A reliable scale is a scale that if I got on it a hundred times, it's going to say the same thing every time. So what reliability is, is you do what you say you're going to do over and over and over again. You cannot gain and earn my trust if you're reliable once, because that's not the definition of reliability. In our working lives, reliability means that we have to be very clear on our limitations so we don't take on so much that we come up short and don't deliver on our commitments. In our personal life, it means the same thing. So when we say to someone, oh, God, it was so great seeing you. I'm going to give you a call and we can have lunch. Yes or no? No. It was really great seeing you. Moment of discomfort, goodbye. <laughs> right? But honest, honest. So B, boundaries are reliability. A, huge, accountability. I can only trust you if, when you make a mistake, you are willing to own it, apologize for it, and make amends. I can only trust you if when I make a mistake, I am allowed to own it, apologize, and make amends. No accountability, no trust. V, and this one shook me to the core, vault, the vault. What I share with you, you will hold in confidence. What you share with me, I will hold in confidence. But you know what we don't understand? And this came up over and over again in the research. We don't understand the other side of the vault. That's only one door on the vault. Here's where we lose trust with people. If a good friend comes up to me and says, oh my God, did you hear about Caroline? They're getting a divorce and it is ugly. I'm pretty sure her partner's cheating. You have just shared something with me that was not yours to share. And now my trust for you, even though you're, 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 you're gossiping and giving me the juice, now my trust for you is completely diminished. Does that make sense? So the vault is not just about the fact that you hold my confidences. It's that in our relationship, I see that you acknowledge confidentiality. Here's the tricky thing about the vault. A lot of times, we share things that are not ours to share as a way to hotwire connection with a friend, right? If you don't have anything nice to say, come sit next to me. You know, that's <laughs> our, yes or no? Like our closeness is built on talking bad about other people. You know what I call that? 
common enemy intimacy. What we have is not real. The intimacy we have is built on hating the same people. And that's counterfeit. That's counterfeit trust. That's not real. So the vault means you respect my story, but you respect other people's story. I, integrity. I cannot trust you and be in a trusting relationship with you if you do not act from a place of integrity and encourage me to do the same. So what is integrity? So I came up with this definition because I didn't like any of the ones out there and that's what I do when I don't like them. <laughs> I do, I look in the data and I say, what's integrity? Here's what I think integrity is, three pieces. It's choosing courage over comfort, choosing what's right over what's fun, fast, or easy, and practicing your values, not just professing your values. Right? I mean, that's, that's integrity. In non-judgment, I can fall apart, ask for help, and be in struggle without being judged by you, and you can fall apart and be in struggle and ask for help without being judged by me, which is really hard because we're better at helping than we are asking for help. And we think that we've set up trusting relationships with people who really trust us because we're always there to help them. But let me tell you this, if you can't ask for help and they cannot reciprocate that, that is not a trusting relationship, period. And when we assign value to needing help, when I think less of myself for needing help, whether you're conscious of it or not, when you offer help to someone, you think less of them too. You cannot judge yourself for needing help, but not judge others for needing your help. And somewhere in there, if you're like me, you're getting value from being the helper in a relationship. You think that's your worth. But real trust doesn't exist unless help is reciprocal and non-judgment. The last one is G, generosity. Our relationship is only a trusting relationship if you can assume the most generous thing about my words, intentions, and behaviors, and then check in with me. So if I screw up, say something, forget something, you will make a generous assumption and say, yesterday was my mom's one-year anniversary of her death, and it was really tough for me, and I talked to you about it last month, um, and I really was hoping that you would have called. Um, but I know you care about me. I know you think it's a big deal, so I wanted to let you know that I've been thinking about that as opposed to not returning calls, not returning emails, and waiting for the moment where you can spring, well, you forgot to call on this important, you know. You'll make a generous assumption about me and check it out. Does that make sense? So we've got boundaries, reliability, accountability, the vault, integrity, non-judgment, and generosity. These, this is the anatomy of trust, and it's complex. Why do we need to break it down? For a very simple reason. How many of you in here have ever struggled with trust in a relationship, professional or personal? It should be everybody, statistically, right? <laughs> and so what you end up saying to someone is, I don't trust you. What do you mean you don't trust me? I love you, I'm so dependable. What do you mean you don't trust me? How do we talk about trust if we can't break it down? What understanding trust gives us is words to say, here's my struggle. 
you're not reliable with me. You say you're going to do something, I count on it, you don't do it. Or maybe the issue is non-judgment. But we can break it down and talk about it and ask for what we need very specifically instead of using this huge word that has tons of weight and value around it. We can say, here specifically. life lessons we can all learn from, right? So again, that was Brene Brown um, with her The Anatomy of Trust. And again, you can find her on YouTube at Brene, B-R-E-N-E, Brown, B-R-O-W-N, on YouTube for more information. So here we are at the end of the program. It has been great spending this quality time with you right here on TDN Radio. I look forward to being with you. I hope that you will join me next week at the same time, 5.30 Eastern time right here on TDN Radio. And if this was your first time tuning in, I want to wish you a special welcome and thank you for joining us. We hope that you will set a reminder to come back next week same time, same place, to be a part of the conversation. And if you're a loyal follower, you too, we want to say a special thank you for being here on this journey with us each and every Tuesday from 5.30 Eastern Time. And if you've been with us for a while, you know that we do most of our programming on Facebook Live during the week. So once we leave uh, Untapped Potential here on TDN Radio, we head over to facebook.com, Push Past 10, of course, is the name on Facebook where we continue our programming. And as I always say, we're continuing to build an international village, a global community of Dominicans, people of Caribbean heritage, friends of Dominicans, to continue to build that social capital, those relationships that will help all of us to advance our life and help us to advance our beautiful island home, Dominica, or whichever Caribbean island you may be from. So this effort continues this week. And if you're wondering the way that we're building our uh, Caribbean international village is by engaging with our experts. So we already have, let's see, we have a microbiologist, immunologist on board. We have a spiritual advisor. If you're a fan of TDN radio, you might know him well. Mr. Cuthbert Joseph is our spiritual advisor. We have a psychologist, Dr. Margaret Wallace, Dr. Triffy. We have a financial expert, Mr. Havis Badwill, whose uh, promo you heard just a little while ago. And we have numerous cultural experts, including the new chief officer of the cultural division in Dominica, Mr. Olson uh, Matthew, who has come on board to support our efforts. So we are truly grateful. We're grateful for the support of the community as we bring everyone together to elevate Dominica, to advance Dominica and Dominicans at home and abroad. So again, this week we continue with our programming. And as a matter of fact, tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, we will have Mr. John Loblack, 
So you may know him as Jolo in Dominica. He was a pretty prominent figure in terms of radio broadcasting and a lot of different areas in Dominica. So Mr. John Loback has agreed to come on to Sasenu. And speaking of John Loback, he will be our educational expert. So he owns a company where he does training and development for employees and employers. And he has reached out to me with his interest in being a part of our community. So we have graciously accepted him into the community so he too can share his expertise in the area of training and development, human resource management, and everything that you need to know in this ever-changing work environment. So he speaks Creole, well, well, like me, he tries to speak Creole. So he will be our guest on Sassinu on Facebook Live, 7 p.m. on Wednesday, tomorrow. Uh, he will be joining us from 7 to 8 p.m. So if you are on Facebook, you can come along and enjoy the conversation in Creole. We only speak Creole on Sassinu. And if you're not on Facebook, you know that I will go ahead and post the video to push past 10 so you too can enjoy our call our Creole uh, programming. And I think I continue to say that that is the number one program that we have on Push Past 10 because everyone is so supportive of our efforts to continue to advance the Creole language in Dominica. As a matter of fact, someone just reached out to me from Louisiana and St. Lucia, and they were commenting on how they are truly grateful that we have started this program. So we have a lot of work to do, but it is an exciting work and we are grateful for the opportunity. Then the Facebook Live programming continues on Thursday. Uh, we will have Mr. Glenn Bannis out there in Houston, Texas, and he is the owner of the Houston Afro Creole Music Festival. So he will stop by to tell us about his activity for October 2nd, 2021, a festival that they're having in Houston, Texas, and you might be interested in knowing that it will be in an open air venue, taking into consideration that COVID-19 is still with us. It is uh, acres of an open venue where you and your family, if you're in the Houston area, you will be able to distance yourself from uh, the family. So again, lots of great programming coming up. And as I mentioned before, even greater programming coming up in October. So lots to look forward to. You know, in this truly dark world, I think it is so wonderful to have some positive, inspirational, and uplifting programming to look forward to. So again, you don't want to miss the Facebook Live programming uh, this week. And if you do miss it, then no worries. We will just go ahead and post it to Push Past 10 so you can enjoy too. And speaking of Push Past 10, you always will also want to head over so you can check out the podcast for this program. Any episodes you may have missed along the way, we will be sure to post them uh, to Push Past 10 so you can enjoy them as well as... Uh, anything of interest you may be interested in. Maybe just learning a little bit more about me. 
I'm just saying. <laughs> so all that information is readily available as well as the next guest who will be featured on the program. So again, thank you for being here. It is always wonderful spending this time with you. I hope that you have productive plans for the rest of the week. And remember, if you want to be productive, start early. You want to start your day early. You want to be up with the 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 crowing of the the of the of the of the rooster like we do in in Dominica you want to be up at the crack of dawn and you want to just get started on everything that you need to do because we all know how quickly the day goes by so again thank you for being here for another episode of untapped potential with dr simone we will be back next week at the same time as we continue to get energized for the week ahead and so remember to stay strong stay positive stay active stay engaged and remember your life story is your strength the challenges you have faced in the past have prepared you to face the challenges you now face. So uh, remember to tap into your potential each and every week. So until we meet next week, right here on TDN Radio, I wish you a wonderful week and you take care.